Well, obviously there is one key topic of today, that Rugby World Cup final, the state of the game at the moment, and I can't think of anyone better to talk us through it all uh, than than commentator and journalist and all-around great human Nigel Yolden, who is on the line at the moment. Nigel, thank you so much for joining us the odd 30 or so hours later. How how are we feeling? Well, I mean, I'm... When you watch a game, and maybe this is just me getting getting old, and I've, I've had a bit of time now in, in this game, I've got to the point where you, you want to see a good game of rugby, you want to see the better team win. I've, I've gone back and I've watched it, and I, I don't believe that South Africa were the best team, but they were the best team when it counted the most in certain portions of that game. So whilst I sit here as a New Zealander, disappointed, disappointed with some of the aspects of the game, you know, you sit there and go, okay, it's one that I know a lot of people are struggling to stomach, but having gone back and watched it and tried to remove the fan element from it and watch it as someone who enjoys rugby, likes analysing rugby, it's one of those ones where as tough as it is to swallow... Zealand had plenty of opportunities. South Africa maybe didn't create as many opportunities, but what they did was when they had the chance to score their points, they took them. New Zealand had more opportunities to score points in my mind and weren't able to for a variety of reasons. Well, on, uh, on second watch, Nige, did the TMO get any less obtrusive? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think we have seen games like that throughout the Rugby World Cup. And I almost wonder if it just felt at time. It felt probably around midway through the first half. I didn't think they were being that intrusive. It almost felt like midway through the first half, they kind of felt as though they, they needed to up what they were doing. Now, as I go back, and again, I'm looking at all of these decisions and the interventions by the television match official and I'm yet to find one that that you can really sort of go well they actually came in at the wrong time and they actually got the decision that they came in on wrong I think it was taking too long to get to that point um, I look at the the Shannon Frizzell incident that they took a long time before it got called in to um, referee Wayne Barnes but again, when you go through the majority of the decisions that were being called in, the television match official, under the guidelines that they have to work in, as issued by World Rugby, mm. was right to intervene. But it just happened, as we say, way, way too often. And it just drags out the game. And, and by doing that as well, that played into South Africa's hands. New Zealand want up, wanted upbeat. They wanted a high tempo. They wanted ball and play for long periods of time. South Africa are comfortable with stop, start. They can use their explosive athletes and not have to rely on endurance so much, which I believe is something that the All Blacks used very well in the quarterfinal and also again in the semifinal. Nigel, I I understand that by the letter of the law, the TMOs intervened to the letter of the law. What I don't understand is They've intervened, but they haven't got the decision right because I still, for the life of me, cannot understand how Sam Keynes was a red. I, I understand, yep, that's a red. Yep, that could have been a yellow, could have been a red. I, I don't understand how Khaleesi's wasn't the same. Yeah, I want to know what the clarification on the mitigation is. And to this point, 
I, I haven't heard it. Now, we again, I've gone back and listened to the audio. They're saying with regards to um, Sam Kane, high degree of danger, no mitigation. And then with uh, when the, the call came through, was passed on to Wayne Barnes, again, they said some degree of mitigation. Well, what was the mitigation? I've heard that, um, the, I've heard that they've said that there was more contact to the shoulder and then head, which doesn't really make sense because there's still con- they haven't said there was no contact to the head. There was still contact to the head. So I, I yeah. just, for the life of me, I, I, I just cannot, if you're going to have a TMO, you have to get it right 100% of the time. And yeah. I, can't- I, I wondered, I wondered, I wondered, Steve, whether the mitigation was the fact that there was another man in the tackle. And we have seen that used as mitigation. And the other man well. was in green. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the other thing. But we have seen this. this is, and, and this is the reason why. And this is why I think everybody is frustrated. I just wanted to know clearly what the mitigation was because it wasn't explained. Now, all these other decisions are explained pretty clearly. You hear Wayne Barnes again when they're going to the screen. He's talking about what they're looking for. And he's, he's selling it, which is something that referees are asked to do and explain for the people watching at home. But when it comes in, it says... No mitigation, I understand that. When they say there's some mitigation, what is it? Yeah. And I, I don't know. Steve, you're saying that's what, that's what I didn't I didn't hear anything clear yeah. as to what that mitigation was. Hence the reason why there's a lot of people very frustrated. Hence the reason why people are looking at it going, well, is that any worse than Sam's? No. Why is he staying on? Yeah. Why did Sam have to sit down for the remainder of the game? So the, I fully get that point. The the other thing that gets me is the inter, they intervened. They have to get it hundred. They have to get it right hundred percent of the time. Ari Severe was penalised in the first half for not releasing the tackle player before being on the ball. They replayed it. The commentator said, "Oh, that's harsh." The ref said, "I've seen that on the big screen. I'm sorry, I got it wrong." No, no, no. He said, "I didn't." see the replay I didn't think you got off him quick enough I watched that about about three hours ago making notes why, on. why does the video ref not intervene then because they allowed him to kick the penalty which and was three yeah, points so they can intervene to stop that a try is, that, is a, that is a very that's a very fair point that's a very fair point to make but I wrote down what Wayne Barnes said he said clearly I didn't see the replay I didn't see you get off him quickly enough I didn't see enough space I didn't see enough clearance so they can intervene to stop a try yeah. and come back for a knock-on, which is fair because it was a knock-on, but they can't intervene to say to the ref, you've made a mistake and he's about to kick three points. But, but now you're assuming that the TMO, that you're assuming that he made a mistake. The TMO agreed with Wayne Barnes is another oh, way well, we can interpret it. No. Well, can we? Yeah. Can I? I'll, I'll just um, interject here because I wanted to pick you up actually on something earlier that you mentioned, Nigel. Like you said, let's. I mean, look, nobody's perfect, and we can have our varying views on on whether the TMA yep. made, the, made the right call, right. whether Wayne Barnes made the right call, and, and and all of those sorts of things. Like you say, though, by and large, a lot of these decisions were correct as per the letter of the law and the World Rugby guidelines. I guess my question becomes, for the sake of the game. Do you feel like those rules, those guidelines need to change? Well, I, I think the entire law book needs an overhaul, Tim. You and I have spoken about this. You know it's something I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet mm. in. The law book is a massive, massive piece of work, and it's really complicated. And I just think that the game 
needs to be simplified, and, and I believe it needs to be simplified for the people we're currently talking about. I don't think it's fair on the referee to have 187 pages of law book. I think the game needs to be simplified so the officials are allowed to make easier decisions, clearer decisions. So go through step by step and simplify the law book whilst trying to maintain the spirit of the game that we love so much. And if it's easier for the referee to officiate, then it's easier for the players to understand. And if it's easier for the players to understand and play, then what that ends up being is a better product Mm. and an easier product to understand for the fans. I think at times we've been so obsessed with the fans, we've not actually looked at the people who actually have to stand there on the field and actually enforce the laws of the game. And that is the referee. And I think if maybe when we're looking at the laws now, we look at the officials and the players, no disrespect to the fans, but you don't have any impact directly on the field mm. at the time. Okay, you're sitting in the stands watching. And I think that is a, something that I would love to see done. We've heard Steve Hansen talk about it for a while. Get, get the really smart rugby minds. Get Sir Wayne Smith, get Lord Laurie Fisher out of Australia. People have been around the game, people with, who, who think about things a little bit different but have that understanding of the pure essence of rugby. Get them in a room, get them in a, in a, in a room with some of the better referees. Get, get Nigel Owens involved if we need to. But let's just look at the law book and simplify it, but do it with people who know the essence of rugby so we still maintain all of the things that we really enjoy about the game. Yeah, get Wayne Smith in there and he'll be, he'll put an end to the uh, line-out drive. I, I think we need to almost even start way back before that, start with, start with the marketers and say what, what's the, what outcome do we want? What, you know, what, what game do we want people seeing, the fast-running open game or this kicking, boring? And, and start there. This, this is how we want our game to be running, open, flowing, entertaining, work backwards from that point. How do we get that game? Let's tweak these rules. Let's make it, we definitely need to make it simpler. People just don't understand and it's hard to watch. I, I, I was a professional for 10 years and I, I didn't understand and it's hard to watch, you know. Um, but you know, that's, that's a legit right there. If a former professional rugby player is saying that, if you've got Wayne, Bar- uh, Wayne, not Wayne Barnes, excuse me, Nigel Owens, saying prior to the game about how he'd ripped the earpiece out so he didn't hear his TMO. Those are the sort of messages that do need to be heard and do need to be listened to. And the other thing too is no matter what the rules are, there are going to be some people who are automatically going to think ways around it. And we can't deny that. Mm. The All Blacks want to play positive rugby. In New Zealand, we want to play with ball in hand. I think Ireland wanted to play with ball in hand. So did France. You look at teams like Portugal and Chile coming in their intent they want to play the game now this is not a knock on south africa or england but they play to negate they want to minimize so many things they want to minimize their own time with the ball because they feel the defense is their strength they want to make sure that they are negating the the things that their opposition do which is quite right That's, that's what you should be trying to do from a defensive point of view but there does need to be some form of positivity in the way they play. I, I watch South Africa at times just in despair, watching Cheslin Colby and Kirtley Aronsa, Willie LaRue and Damien Phillips, who are awesome, awesome attacking talents, 
at times just re- reduced to being kick-chase merchants. The same with England, watching Johnny May and Elliot Daly. Now, that's frustrating when you know how talented those players are. So now that just comes down to a straight philosophy about how you want to coach, how you want to play. That's very much an individual and a coaching style of thing. But I think you're right. We, we want to see the ball being moved through the hands. We want to see that. We don't want to see a kicking contest the way that we have seen from some from certain teams, but not all. I look at that first half of the French versus South Africans in the quarterfinal, and that was probably the one of the best 40 minutes I've seen because the Africans actually yeah. tried to play rugby, and they can play rugby when they decide to do it. And, you know, uh, someone said to me over the weekend, um, you know, Webb Ellis would be rolling his eyes in his grave because he picked the ball up and ran with it and became famous. And now all the rugby teams do is want to want to kick it away. You know, it's just a it's 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 not fair on the game. It's not fair on William Webb Ellis. And uh, we need to tweak some stuff so it, it can't be so easy to play no rugby and be ne- negative about it. If we look as well at what this World Cup has meant for the All Blacks, and I'm talking the end of a certain era and a tumultuous era at times. Uh, obviously, we have some of the greats of the game who have departed on that rather contentious and for them heartbreaking note. But the one, one, the one man I want to pinpoint is Ian Foster, who of course is out of a job now. And Nigel, you've had a lot to do with him over the years, uh, from Waikato to Chiefs and then All Blacks. What, what do you think his legacy will be in the game here? Oh, I actually think you summed it up in your intro. He's had to preside over one of the most tumultuous times in New Zealand rugby. He's had to coach that team through uh, the pandemic where um, there was obviously, for a, a year or so there, uh, limited uh, contact with regards to, uh, from the outside world to a degree, didn't get the opportunity to go up to the Northern Hemisphere and the like. Um, and, and during that time, I think the pandemic did have an impact on um, New Zealand and its position in world rugby. Uh, I think um, uh, there was a member of the Argentinian uh, coaching staff who name uh, just eludes me was having a, a coffee with Warren Gatlin and he mentioned at the time too, uh, Felipe Contopomi it was, mentioned to Warren Gatlin about how you know the All Blacks were ahead of, uh, of world rugby quite by quite some way prior to the pandemic and they came back to the world a little bit. Now I think Ian Foster has got New Zealand rugby back on par now, whether Scott now it comes down to Scott Robinson to take that next wave of players and try and get them advanced and ahead again. But but I think really your intro, Kim, was the one he had to preside over a very tumultuous time. He's gone through some results, and those results are on him as the head coach. That can't be denied. You know, losing to Argentina for the first time, losing to Argentina on New Zealand soil for the first time, losing a home a three T series to Ireland and New Zealand for the first time. But there have also been some other very good performances and the way that he made an an incredibly brave decision because to get rid of two coaches when you are the all-black coach Mm. and then elevate Joe Smith and bring in Jason Ryan, that's not that I can remember. That's not been done before. So to to get rid of Plumtree and Moore was a massive call and people will go, yep, it was to save his own neck. Well, look what they have delivered in the terms of Smith and Ryan and what they have added to the coaching staff. It's hard on John and Brad. And that was a very hard decision to make, but he made it. And mm. I think he made the All Blacks better by making that very tough call. 
And just quickly before we let you go, Nigel, because we are sadly running out of time, I could talk to you all day, but you know this, uh, a bit of a Monday mood lifter from you. We'll, uh, we'll ask that question because, you know, it can be a bit of a glum day, Monday in the best, uh, best weeks. And particularly today, you were in France for a lot of the World Cup. Let's go with your highlight of the Rugby World Cup. Oh, what was my highlight? Just a personal highlight for me? Yeah. Yeah, look, I was lucky to be there when Portugal beat France. And oh, that great. atmosphere was absolutely cracking. Everyone was so happy. It was an absolutely fantastic game. And look, what I really enjoyed, funnily enough, and I, and I think it, it, it does what it is what gives me you know a little bit of hope for world rugby is that some of those tier two teams coming in, I thought had some great tournaments. I loved what Portugal did. Thought mm. Patrice Lajeske should have at least been a World Coach of the Year nominee mm. at worst. Um, I loved the performance of Chile. I thought they came in really nicely. Uh, I liked some of the signs I saw again from Samoa. Um, and using some of these former internationals coming in, and I think the expansion of the Rugby World Cup, I think we'll see a few more either former Samoa, uh, uh, former internationals who play for other teams commit to Samoa earlier. And I think we'll also see maybe some of the younger players now as well commit to Samoa a little bit earlier as opposed to maybe playing for some of those, uh, some of the other international teams too, because I think we're going to 24. Samoa is going to be a fixture in the World Cup going forward. Likewise, Tonga. Um, I enjoyed that, but yeah, it was it was the atmosphere, and I really did like you know that particular result, final game of full play. That was one that will stick with me for a while, and I thought it was a, mm. a great result, not only for Portugal but for World Rugby in June. Mm, um, and I know it was just a slip of the tongue, but I will mention, I think you said Portugal beating France there. We know you meant Fiji, but uh, oh, just in case there were any confused listeners. No, no, don't be silly. We all remember that one. What a game that was. Uh, Nigel Yolden there, thank you so much for your time. You're an absolute champion of a man. Thank you for your insights as well. You know the game inside out, uh, and we very much appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that with us. Nigel Yolden there, talking all things Rugby World Cup. We'll be back soon. Catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazone.com forward slash NFL.